0: Uh, we, are start, we have started a series called Friends. We are in part two of that. Uh, if you're on social media, hashtag friends. If you want sermon notes, just send an email to info at bridgechurch.cc. Well, one of the basic needs and desires of every human being is to have a true friend. In this sermon series, we're talking about how to have friends, how to be a friend, how the Bible defines a true friend, and then we'll talk about the friends of all friends in Jesus Christ. Last week in our first message, we talked about the value or worth of genuine friendship. And we said that in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity or a sister is born for adversity. God is saying that to us. A true friend is a rare thing. We talked about three kinds of friends last week. We talked about one uh, type of friend is acquaintances. Those are kind of friends that you kind of know on the surface level, but it doesn't really get any, it doesn't really go any deeper than that. We talked about fair weather friends. Kind of, uh, you know, we looked at uh, an, an example that would be like the prodigal son. You know, the prodigal son. He uh, took all the father's inheritance and and uh, partied like a rock star and when all the money was gone then all his friends were gone because he had nothing else to offer uh when when all the money was gone then we talked about genuine friends which are friends that last for a lifetime and uh, i shared a picture of my childhood friends and uh you know there's five of us that and we've been friends since childhood and, and we've still stay in touch with each other and our, and our kids play together whenever we get together and we have been each other in each other's weddings and uh, so those are I'm real blessed to have that maybe you were surprised last week when we learned that the Bible warns us in Proverbs 18:24 against having too many friends because a man of many friends comes to ruin because true friends we require a major investment of time, effort, energy, emotion, and prayers. You can't be a friend to everyone. And uh, maybe that's uh, a frustration with some of you. You know, you're just trying to be friends to everybody. You know, you can have a lot of acquaintances, but you're not going to have a ton of deep friendships. You may have a handful of, of deep friendships, and, and that's, that's probably wise. Well, we studied how Jesus is our example in this truth. Today and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to examine from a biblical perspective about what true friendship is. I want to share a touching story on friendship. Two men were out hunting in the northern U.S. Suddenly, one yelled and the other looked up to see a grizzly charging them. The first started to frantically put on his sneakers and his friend anxiously asked, what are you doing? Don't you know you can't outrun a grizzly bear? He said, I don't have to outrun a grizzly. I just have to outrun you. This section thought it was kind of fun. I threw you off because that was like, you know, a story of true friendship and you were waiting for like, you know, just a very touching, emotional one. And I just threw it off. Okay. The qualities of genuine friendship is what we're talking about today. And quality number one is true friendship is unconditional. True friendship is unconditional. Like we said, Proverbs 17, 7 says a friend loves at all times. At all times. God is warning us that there are some people who will claim to love you and be your friend but they only love you if you meet certain conditions. These so-called friends say things like, "If you love, I love you if, or I will love you when, I will love you until, or I love you because of this. Do you have some friendships like that? Don't, don't look at anyone that you're sitting next to right now. All of these expressions of friendship have conditions. A person who places conditions on a friendship is saying, this friendship is about me. I want something out of this friendship for myself. I have a need or needs that I think you can meet. As as long as you are meeting my needs, I will be your friend. The moment you cease to meet my needs, I am out of here. So here is the deal. If a person claims to be your friend, yet they place conditions on the friendship, then they are not a true friend. A real friend is a selfless friend. A selfless friend. A friend that is not selfish. A friend that cares about who you are, not just what you bring to the table. A genuine friend is one who loves you not because of any need they think you might be able to meet in them, True friends love you because of you. The love of a true friend is not based on if. In my experiences as a pastor, the most toxic imposter of true friendship is something called emotional dependency. Emotional dependency. And that's what we're going to be kind of focusing on today. The clinical definition is a condition resulting when the ongoing presence and or nurturing of another is believed necessary for personal security. In layman's terms, or Wayne County terms, emotional dependency is a very unhealthy relationship is based on a strategy of manipulation that has control as its primary goal. It's all about control, emotionally dependent relationship. Emotionally dependent relationships may appear harmless or even healthy at first, but always leads to destruction and bondage greater than most people can imagine. To draw a distinction between the normal interdependency that happens in wholesome relationships and an unhealthy dependency, we'll look at factors that make up dependent relationships, how and why they get started, and how they are maintained. As I've already said, we'll have, uh, we all have a deep need for intimate friendships, and that need is placed in us by God. So God places in us a desire to have deep friendships. How do we know when this need is being met legitimately? Is there some way to know when we've crossed the line into a harmful, dependent relationship? Now, this is going to be a little bit different uh, message today. I'm going to be giving a lot of information. It's going to be uh, really practical. It's not going to be real theologically deep today, but I think it's going to really help you to take a look at your friendships, your relationships that you have, and are they God-honoring relationships? Uh, maybe, maybe you do have uh, healthy relationships, but maybe you have a family member or a friend that is in emotionally dependent relationships. And maybe you can come alongside them and help them a little bit. So here are some signs that this unhealthy, healthy, emotionally dependency has started. Frequent jealousy. There's possessiveness and a desire for exclusivism. Viewing other people as a threat to the relationship. Prefers to spend time alone with this friend. And becomes frustrated when this doesn't happen. They just want alone time with you. And, and they don't want anyone else coming, coming alongside. You know, whenever, whenever you go hang out, they just want you and them. That's it. Becomes irrational, angry, or depressed when this friend withdraws even slightly. Because remember, it's about control. So if you kind of create some space, then, then they start to get angry or depressed. Loses interest in friendships other than this one. Experiences romantic feelings, leading to fantasy about this person. You know, maybe it's just a friendship. Uh, Pastor short shared a story on Thursday, when it uh, uh, wasn't at this church, but uh, another church that he was at, where th- he saw an emotionally dependent relationship between two women. You know, one of the, one of these ladies was married uh, to her husband, but but. The lady and another lady will become emotionally dependent. Even so much that during church service, the wife wouldn't even sit by the husband. She would sit next to the friend. That's a little red flag, I think. When you won't even want to sit by your husband because there's such, such emotional dependency. Becomes preoccupied with this person's appearance personality, problems, and interests, and unwillingness to make short or long-range plans do not include the other person. You know, the relationship has become suffocating. You know, healthy relationships need space, and that even includes marriages healthy marriages, you need space. Listen, I love my wife. We've been married for over a decade. We love spending time together. But you know what? We need some space from one another. All right? We we also own a small business, and and so we work together uh, sometimes. And, and, um, you know, sometimes you just need that healthy space. An emotionally uh, dependent relationship, The person is unable to see the other person's faults realistically. They just affirm everything you do. Like, they almost look look at you like like you're perfect. I I don't know about you, but I need some honest friends in my life. I need some honest friends in my life when I've just done something stupid and I need to be called out. I I need some brothers in my life that are like, man, you're being a jerk right now. Like, I need that. I don't, I don't want, you know, friends that just, you know, put me on a pedestal. Like, just because I'm a pastor does not mean, it also means I'm a man as well. It also means that I have struggles and, and, and junk that I'm working through as well. Emotionally dependent relationships, a person becomes defensive about the relationship when asked about it. Whenever anyone talks to them about it, they automatically get defensive. Displays physical affection beyond that which is appropriate for a friendship. (coughs) Refers frequently to the other person in conversation and feels free to speak for the other person. You know, like, like you're hanging out maybe with some people, and this emotionally dependent person won't let you speak for yourself. Like, they have to answer everything for you on your behalf, even if you don't want to. And some of you are saying, well, wait a minute, my spouse does that to me all the time. (laughs) If you have a friendship that looks like this, it could very well be emotionally dependency, and you need to pray and seek advice. Speak with someone on our staff. We'd love to meet with you. We have a lot of men and women on staff that come alongside of you and and ask some questions. Talk to your friend. Now, if you talk to your friend who may be emotionally dependent, they're probably gonna get defensive, but that's okay. If you want a friendship that 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 needs to be healthy, you have to be honest. If you can't be healthy in a friendship, then, you're, then if you can't be honest in a friendship, then you're not going to have a healthy friendship. How does a dependent relationship differ from a healthy relationship? A healthy relationship is free and generous. Both friends are eager to include others in their activities. They, they want to be friends with other people as well, and they want to do things with other friends. Both friends experience joy when one friend develops healthy friends with other people. In a healthy relationship, each friend desires to see the other reach his or her potential and is not threatened when their friend is developing new interests or skills or, or, or gets promoted in their job. Like, like true friendships, like you're happy, you celebrate with one another. Like you don't become jealous of one another. A dependent relationship is ingrown, creating a mutual stagnation and limiting personal growth. In normal relationships, we are affecting, affected by things our friends say and do, but our reactions are balanced. In an emotionally dependent relationship, a casual remark from a friend can send that person in the heights of ecstasy or the pits of grief. Like they're very sensitive over whatever you say. You got some friendships like that? Like just overly sensitive people? Man, it drives me crazy. Sometimes I'm like that, I guess. Maybe I drive some of you crazy. Amen. Amen, <laughs> Your brother right there. I just had him over at my house last <laughs> week. If a close friend moves away, it is normal for us to feel sorrow and a sense of loss. You know, we live in a military town, so there's a lot of people coming and going. And if one... Of the partners in a dependent relationship moves away, the other is gripped with anguish, panic, and desperation. Their world is shattered. They become depressed and can't even function. I've know people that when when someone's moved away, this you know the, the, listen, there needs to be you know so I know it's understand some 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 grieving you know because that person is you no know, longer the, but. But I've known people that, like, they can't even function anymore. Like, they don't want to even continue because the person moved away. That is not healthy. Bottom line, a healthy friendship is joyful, healing, and uplifting and builds up. A dependent relationship is confining and produces bondage. You know, if you're in an in a, in a emotionally dependent relationship, it's like, it's like you can't get away. God doesn't want that. So let's look at some setups that provide fertile ground for healthy emotional dependency uh, to happen. Emotionally, dependency comes as a surprise to most, to most people because they don't see the problem coming until it already has a grip on their lives. At the same time, dependencies don't happen in a vacuum. In a vacuum. Our personalities and situations can set up set us up for painful and destructive relationships. Sins and hurts from the past leave us vulnerable. You know, if you've, if you've uh, uh, you know, have had some, some sins and some hurts in the past that you haven't dealt with, then it's, you're more susceptible to be in an emotionally dependent relationship, in unhealthy relationships. Having an awareness of the setups helps us to know when we need exercise special caution in our relationships personal setup. So who is vulnerable in these kind of relationships? Anyone can fall into a dependent relationship given the right pressures and circumstances. And if you say to yourself, well, that would never happen to me, be careful. Be careful. Be careful with the line, well, you know, I'm not in emotionally dependent relationship and emotionally dependent relationship just just wouldn't happen to me. There are few common personality patterns that consistently gravitate towards each other to form dependencies. The basic personality combination seems to be the individual who appears to have it all together teamed up with someone who needs the attention, protection, and strength the other someone offers. So it's like you have the person that that has it all together and then you have like the really needy person. And and when you bring those two together, that's when some of these relationships can happen. An example, how about a a counselor with a person with problems? That that is acceptable to be an emotionally dependent relationship. A controlling person, and then someone who needs direction. You can have emotional dependent relationships between a parent and a child. And I see it all the time. A parent and a child. Where, you know, it's all about, Like they become the center of your world. It's it's, it's a very toxic, and and it could be it can be easily played off because they're like well that's my mom or dad or or that's my son or son or daughter and so we kind of use that excuse to say that that emotional dependent relationship is okay because we're family i've seen emotionally dependent relationships happen between husband and spouse between even teachers and students Although these these relationships appear to include one strong person and one needy person, they actually consist of two needy people. The strong one usually has a deep need to be needed, and the one who appears weaker actually controls the relationship. When are we most vulnerable? There are certain seasons and situations in our lives that find us feeling insecure, ready to grasp hold of whatever security is available to us. And some of these times include when there's been a crisis, maybe a relationship breakup, there's been a death or loss of job, which makes someone very vulnerable and, and very needy and dependent on someone else. Transition periods, maybe, maybe adjusting to a new job, maybe moving, Maybe maybe you've recently come to to Goldsboro, and and all of a sudden you're finding yourself you know you you just want relationships, and even if they're unhealthy, you're like that's okay because I just want a relationship, but they've turned into unhealthy, emotionally dependent relationships. Being engaged or being newly married, starting college, you know, being relocated, you know when. When you, when you start college, um, man, especially when you're a freshman, you are very susceptible to um, very unhealthy relationships. Uh, especially if, you know, if it's your first time being away from mom and dad, and you just want to belong and you want to fit in, and all of a sudden you, you find that you, that you get caught up in the wrong crowd. Uh, you know, or maybe you're in the military, and, and um, you know, you kind of have that with, with the dorm life and, you know, there's, uh, there's healthy things that go on in the dorms, and there's unhealthy things that go on in the dorms, and, and you're just like, man, I just, I'm away from home. I'm away from mom and dad. I've, I've never lived away, and, and so I just, I just want some friendships, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in, in some bad, bad friendships, and, and you're just not really sure, you know, what to do. Another thing that can happen is, is peak pressure periods, maybe deadlines at work or or personal family illnesses, or or holidays such as Christmas time, when we're away, when we're away from a familiar from the familiar and secure. Maybe on vacation, spring break. Oh. Got some stories to share about spring break. Not not right now. Maybe summer camp. You know, there's some emotionally dependent, unhealthy relationships that can start at summer camp. Maybe, maybe if you're in jail or prison, those of you that have been in jail or prison, you can see how that happens. During times of boredom or depression, listen, when you are bored or depressed, you are very vulnerable for those kind of relationships to happen in your life. The best way to avoid trouble is to recognize our need for strong support during these times and plan ahead for these needs to be met in healthy ways. God wants to give you discernment in your life. And maybe that's a new term for some of you. So what is discernment? Discernment is the ability to think biblically about all areas of life. It's the ability to see truth and wisdom from God. Being able to to distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the world. And, and if you are a believer, God wants to give you discernment. He wants to give you wisdom that's from the Holy Spirit that's, that's more than just beyond yourself. And, and some people are, are gifted with a strong sense of spiritual discernment. And they can, they can just detect something just like that. But the more that you spend time with God, the more discerning you will be. The more you study scripture, the more discerning you will be because you're going to take a look at scripture that you've been reading, and then you're going to see a situation and say, man, something doesn't match up here. Something doesn't match up. So if a person says, yeah, I'm a very discerning person, but they don't really have an intimate relationship with Jesus and they're not meeting with Jesus on a regular basis, then I'm probably going to look for advice from somewhere else. God, good ways to ensure that our needs are met during these situational setups might include sharing our burdens with a small group. That's why it's so important for you to get plugged into a life group here at the bridge. And uh, I believe we have over 60 people um, home life groups here at the bridge and it's just so important to have people in your life you know my wife and I we started a a life group recently in the last couple months and and several of you are 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 in it and and the more that we meet the more that we're just honest with one another you know a a life group is not you can't you can't put it on a facade when you're meeting with each other on a regular basis especially if you're saying that everything's going okay and your spouse is next to you saying, no, it's not. Scheduling a series of appointments with a Christian counselor. I, I recommend everyone go see a Christian counselor. I see a Christian counselor. Listen, we all got stuff that we need to work through. We all got stuff that's going on. We got stuff from our past that we haven't dealt with. And you need, you you, you probably need some a professional help to get you through some stuff. It's okay to see a Christian counselor. Maybe you need to increase your contact with your family members, especially those that are healthy. You know, we all have family that you should not go to for advice. It's like the worst thing that you could do. Um, man, I, I saw on Facebook recently that um, there was someone from our church, and they're going through a um, they're going through a separation now with their spouse, and 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 so this person is uh, posting a bunch of stuff on Facebook, which is always really good to do <laughs> about your spouse who you're separated with. That's really going to help the relationship. Dude, that's so like high school. Oh my goodness, it drives you crazy, man. If you do it, I'm gonna call you out, okay? Um, and, and I was reading some of the, the posts from family members that were saying, just follow your heart. Do what you think is best. Like, oh, I wanna gag, man. No, like, listen, our heart is is, is wicked and evil. All right? Without Jesus taking over, we are capable of doing anything. Like some people are like, man, I'm so shocked that they did this or did that. Why are we so shocked? Listen, we are born with a sinful nature. And without Jesus rescuing us, like we're in trouble. We're in trouble. So don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus, because Jesus will give you guidance and wisdom on what you need to do in your relationships, what you need to do in your marriages. No, it's probably not the easiest thing to do, and you have to rely on his strength. But that was kind of off on a tangent here, but I just felt like I needed to share that. <laughs> Let your true friends know we need their support. Problems only develop when we lean too much on particular friends to meet all of our needs. And most important, cultivating our relationship with Jesus through special quiet times. Listen, you need time with the Lord. You need that. We got resources on the back table there. If you don't even, don't even know what a quiet time is, you don't even know what a uh, devotional time is, listen, we want to help you grow close to Jesus. And we got a, a, a daily devotional that you can read. We got the Gospel of John. We got resources that we want to give you. We have a, a resource called Right Now Media, which is like the Netflix of Bible studies. And you can do all these different studies on all these different topics. I mean, there's like over 10,000 studies you can do. And that's a free resource if you attend the bridge. And if you want that resource, just send an email to info@bridgechurch.cc, and we will get you plugged in it's so important to have your time with the lord why are people prone to dependency in a dependent relationship one or both people are looking to a person to meet their basic needs for love and security rather than jesus left unresolved these destructive patterns will continue these are some typical root problems that promote dependency and even problems that scripture talks about. Covetousness. Covetousness. covetousness, Which is desiring to possess possess something or someone God has not given us. Idolatry. Which results when a person or thing is at the center of our lives rather than Christ. Rebellion. Which is refusing to surrender areas of our lives to God? Are there some areas of your life that you're refusing to surrender? Are there some friendships? Are you in a relationship right now? Listen, because I have been in several emotionally dependent relationships through the years. So I know what that looks like. And I know that you know, some of, the, some of the dating relationships I had were so unhealthy that I just ignored it. And I ignored what God was trying to tell me to saying that you need to be out of that relationship. And it just got worse and worse and worse. What about Mistrust failing to believe God will meet your needs if we do things his way. Like, God, I love you and I trust you, but I really need this. Or I really need this person in my life. And I I can't move forward, you know, without them. Sometimes hurts from our past leave us with low self-esteem, feelings of rejection, and a deep unmet need for love. Bitterness or resentment toward those who have hurt hurt us, also open up for the wrong relationships. These sins and hurts need to be confessed and healed before real freedom can be experienced. This can happen through confession and prayer, both in our personal times with the Lord and with other members of the body of Christ. This is why it's so important for you to be plugged into a body of believers who are seeking the same things as you. The glue of emotional dependency is manipulation. Manipulation. Get ready for this. Manipulation is, to, is attempting to control people or circumstances through deceptive or indirect means. Some typical forms of manipulation used to begin and maintain dependencies are finances... Combining finances and, and personal possessions, which usually begins with discussion about moving in together. Gifts, giving gifts to get something from that person. So in an emotionally dependent relationship, you know, a person just buys you gifts, you know, so, so they uh, can kind of manipulate the situation. They know exactly what you like, and, and so they're just buying you gifts so they can, they can get from you what they want. Clothes, wearing each other's clothing, copying each other's lifestyles physical affection, body language, frequent hugging, touching, back and neck rubs, tickling, eye contact, staring, giving meaningful or seductive looks, refusing to make eye contact as a means of punishment, flattery and praise, where they say, you're the only one who understands me, or I don't know what I'd do if you weren't in my life. Proverbs 29 5 says whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet it's a trap needing help creating or exaggerating problems to gain attention and sympathy guilt making the other person feel guilty over unmet expectations you know like if you really loved me then you would or I was going to call you last night but i know you're probably too busy to 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 bother with me threats maybe threats of suicide maybe saying maybe maybe the manipulation is happening well if if you if if you don't do this i'm going to kill myself listen i've come across that and, and just experienced it this past week with that I knew someone that they said, they're, they're, I'm just gonna kill myself. Okay, there's two questions I ask if, you, if, if a person says that. One is how are you gonna do that? Because there's, when, when someone just throws that out there, but you ask them, okay, how are you gonna do that? And if they got a plan, if they can tell you a plan, then, then you probably need to take that seriously But there's been several times where people have just thrown that out there, and I said, "Well, how are you going to do it?" Well, you know, I don't know. And then I say, "Okay, let's call the. I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to call the cops, and and we're going to we're going to get you some help right now. Because sometimes I've seen that, you know, they're just calling your bluff. Now I'm saying that we need to take suicide seriously." But I've come across when someone says, "I'm going to kill myself," I said, "Okay, we're going to call the cops." No, 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 no! Don't call the cops! Don't call the cops! Well, I want to, I, I want to get you some help. I don't want you to harm yourself. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to harm myself. Turn. They. They. They, they uh, threaten about turning away from God. Well, I'm just. I'm just going to walk away from God. And, and they use that as manipulation. Pouting, unhappiness, cold silences. When you ask them, you know, what's wrong? You know, you seem kind of down. Nothing. No, no, seriously, what's going on? Oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. That's manipulation, man. It's manipulation. Why are dependencies hard to break? Because they're perceived benefits like emotional security. A dependent relationship gives us that sense that we have at least one relationship we can count on. This gives us a feeling of belonging to someone. Intimacy, our need for intimacy, warmth, and affection might be filled through this relationship. Self-worth, our ego is boosted when someone admires us or is attracted to us. We also appreciate feeling needed. Relief from boredom, a relationship like this might add excitement and romance when life seems dull otherwise. In fact, the stressful ups and downs of a relationship can become addictive. Escape from responsibility to focus on maintaining the relationship can provide an escape from confronting personal problems and responsibilities. Familiarity. Many people don't know any other way of relating. They are afraid to give up the known for the unknown. And here's the thing, guys. Some people have never had a healthy friendship. So they don't know what it looks like. All they've experienced is unhealthy, emotionally dependent relationships. And that's all they know. But listen, God can break you free from that. He can. He's the only one that can do that. Nothing else can help you break free from those relationships. Listen, God loves you, and God loves this other person that's in this relationship. Look, he loves you both. He doesn't have a favorite. He loves you both, and he wants you both to be in healthy friendships, Sometimes these relationships are not viewed as sin. The culture we live in has taken the truth that God is love and turned it around to mean that love is God. So we've gone from God is love, which is, which is truth and the reality, that God is love, that's the very, very essence of, of his name, to love is God. Where love has become our God instead of God himself. And these emotional dependent relationships can be sinful. Even if people don't want to call it sin. But we got to call it what it is. Because one person or both people have become an idol and the center of each other's world. Last page. I know some of you are saying hallelujah. If a person consumes all your thoughts there is excessive devotion and you are trying to please someone beyond what is realistic, more than likely, God has been replaced and this person has become an idol in your life. Let me read that one again. If a person consumes all your thoughts, they're excessive in devotion and you are trying to please someone beyond what is realistic, God has been pushed to the side and this person has become an idol. That can be in a friendship. It can be a dating relationship. It can be a marriage. It it can be between a a parent and a a child. What, What consumes your thoughts all day long? Okay, now some of you are maybe in a new relationship, dating relationship. I understand how that can go. But listen... If they're consuming your thoughts all the time, and months have gone by and years have gone by, then that's probably not healthy. We think it's only the big ways that Satan comes in, like drugs, adultery, drunkenness, theft, murder, and hatred. But Satan is subtle, he's very subtle. He's like a thief in the night, Scripture says. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he and and oftentimes, listen to me, this is so important. Oftentimes he comes in unhealthy relationships. Satan uses these kind of relationships to make people, especially believers, feel they should be maintained. Because if not, then the believer or that person is not being loving or doesn't care about this person. You see how he twists that around? How, how, how you're trying to confront maybe a relationship that you're, that you're in right now that's unhealthy, and, and maybe you're trying to create some space, or maybe you're just trying to break free altogether, and Satan puts in your head, you call yourself a Christian? If you were a Christian, you wouldn't give up on that person. You would continue to love them and be there for them? And all of a sudden, you you start getting dragged down because you're like, you're right, that must be from God. And so you're just going to continue to be there and love this person even though it's it's very unhealthy and nothing's being confronted and you just keep on going and going and next thing, man, lives are destroyed. Marriages are destroyed. Families are destroyed. Listen, I can love someone, and I can pray for them, and I can support them without being an emotionally dependent relationship. You, you would you'd be amazed at when you're a pastor how these emotionally dependent relationships can happen. And I've been in ministry for almost 15 years, and I can see when that's happening, and I can create some space. And if that person gets mad, sorry, man. I've been there before. Or, you know, I get Facebook messages. Listen, if you're a female and you send me a personal Facebook, Facebook, Facebook message, I'm bringing my wife into the conversation. Private texts, private messages, you better watch out. Because just like that, you can be in an unhealthy relationship. Not even knowing it. Well, I'm just trying to be a Christian brother, a Christian, Christian sister. Yeah, Satan wants to come in and kill, steal, and destroy. Some friendships you need to keep and others you need to walk away from. You need to flee right now from some unhealthy relationships. Ask God to expose unhealthy relationships in your life or in the lives of others to break unhealthy bonds. True friendship is about freedom, generosity, celebrates your successes, and encourages friendships with others. If you don't have that, then it's probably not very healthy, or it's not as healthy as you thought it was. If God is at the center of a friendship, a relationship, or a marriage, there is freedom to be who God created you to be, not what someone's expectations are you of. Do you have freedom to be you? If not, you need to create some space. And if you're in a marriage and you're not free to be who you, who God's called you to be, you need to get some help right now. Just because you have a ring on your finger doesn't mean that it's okay for your spouse to treat you the way they're treating you and for you to allow that to happen. All right? Scripture talks about that you are to love Christ Love your spouse like Christ loved the church. What did Christ do for the church? He was selfless. He laid his life down. Are you doing that as a husband? Are you doing that as a wife? Are you being selfish or are you being selfless? And you need some people in your life. And one of the reasons why is, 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 is maybe, maybe you guys don't have, in your, in your marriage relationship, you don't have a lot of friendships. You just kind of keep, away, keep everyone away at a distance. You're not involved in a life group. So you got no one in your, li- in your life speaking truth into your life because you don't want that. You don't want to be held accountable for your actions. You know, you want to tell your wife to shut up, and you think that's okay. No, it's not okay. Getting fired up here. Simmer down. You you know, when I get away from my notes and when I step out, it's game on. (laughs) But in the heart of the gospel, there's a message of truth that can free us from self seeking relationships. And only Jesus, I'm telling you, only Jesus can satisfy every longing your heart desires. Only Jesus. And until you get right with Jesus, you will continue to have unhealthy friendships, unhealthy relationships, unhealthy marriage. Jesus has to be the center of everything in your life. Because when he is, then you can enjoy all those other relationships for what they're intended to be. Real friendship is unhealthy. Conditional. It is a selfless friendship. That is the kind of relationship we can have with Jesus and the relationship God wants us to have with others. Let me pray.